right, guys, thank you for stopping by. In this episode, we have hilarious stand-up comedian Lila Hart. We talk about her journey over from the Northwest. We talk about TLC's Little People, starting stand-up comedy in Los Angeles. We talk about what inspires her and motivates her. We talk about the pandemic and how she's getting through with it and a whole lot more. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Listen to us on Spotify or iTunes. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care. Life is short, isn't it? <laughs> you know, they say the key to happiness is learning to appreciate the little things. <laughs> Which is why all of you should just love me, hug me, pick me up. You know you want to. <laughs> because, you know, there's a whole world up here I don't know much about. And when I get picked up, it's exciting. It's like an adventure. So after the show, if you want to pick me up, just ask. I'm probably going to say yes. You know, I'm 4'6", four, 4'8", four, with heels. When you're this little, people always come up to you and they're like, Lila, are you a midget? And I'm like, no, I'm Filipino. And they're always like, well, are you legally a midget? And it got me to thinking, you know what? I live in Los Angeles. I should be doing some midget gigs because apparently here in LA, it's a hot thing to hire midgets to be part of your entourage or to hang from your necklace, you know? <laughs> so I am. Uh, yeah, give it up for Lila Hart, everybody. That was her at the famous oh, flappers. <laughs> Thank you, Lila. That was funny. It's good to see you. It's so good to see you too. Like I love how you played one of my first shows. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taking you back a while, huh? Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to be here. Thanks it's for so having me. So good to me. see you. So we were uh, talking earlier about the last time we saw each other, and I remember it too. It was at the pizza parlor in uh, yeah. Sherman Oaks with Esther Cooper. Yeah, I love Esther. Yeah, she's great. I think she moved to. Uh, Florida. Florida right now. Yeah, right? yeah but uh, it was so good to see you then, you know? <laughs> and uh, even though the pizza wasn't all that great and it took forever <laughs> to get there, right? Remember? Yeah, the pizza wasn't as <sighs> great as we thought it was going to no. be. No. <laughs> it's and supposed we, to be like the Chicago style yeah, or something. Yeah, but it was just lousy. You know, may, they they just opened, right? Maybe maybe that, that was the reason. Yeah, what have you been doing uh, for the whole quarantine you know, I've just been living that plant life, mom. I'm a plant mom. I'm a plant mom. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I have a ton of plants, like a crazy garden on my roof. Um, I have a lot of animals, a lot of fish. Nice. A lot of betta fish. Do you know what a betta fish is? No. They're like the uh, fighting fish, so they can only be um, by themselves. Oh. Yeah, I had like 14 of them at one time during the quarantine. How so big are they? like this big uh -huh. and so i had like 14 different aquariums around my house oh wow it's kind of insane but now i've just got like seven and i have my turtle sheldon <laughs> and I love uh, a hamster named hamela yeah and my cat named cupcake so, oh okay yeah that's what i've been doing is taking care of my animals at home it's been great oh cool <laughs> right on and you still with your boyfriend yes sorry eric avenante yeah that's awesome yeah, he's great. Um, before quarantine, you know, we were uh, doing a lot of stuff with my show. I had a show called Small Talk with Lila Hart. Yeah. It was really awesome. Um, we did eight of those episodes. And, 
Yeah. But, you know, things have slowed you, down. Were you producing it yourself or was mm-hmm. that? Okay, cool. Yeah. And it was at the Skiptown Playhouse. It was really awesome. So I'm really grateful for, I was really busy in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I know. You're a hustler. You're out there like doing a bunch of spots, doing TV, you know, you're just everywhere, you know, and uh, that's great. I love, I love to see that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not waiting at home waiting for for, for, for a phone call or waiting for something to happen. You go out there and make it happen. I yeah, you know, I just, it's crazy because when I started Small Talk, um, it was just a sit-down interview show, and I, I interviewed like 36 different people, so I had 36 episodes of the sit-down interview, and then it evolved into Small Talk Live, which was kind of like a Chelsea Handler, um, Johnny Carson type show, because I would come out, I'd do a 10-minute monologue, and then I would have like um, two to three different comedians perform, and then I'd interview them, or I'd have like a panel, and then I'd have a musician perform, it was like oh, a whole... Cool you know, two hour production. It was live on YouTube? Um, it was we did the show live and then we would edit it. Oh, okay. But yeah, and then we'd put it on YouTube. But you can find it's on channel three one oh. That okay. was our YouTube channel. Oh nice. Yeah. Channel three one oh? Yeah, channel three one oh is where you can find all my old oh. small talk episodes. Like the area code? Yeah, like that, the area code. <laughs> nice. So Right on. Yeah, that's what we did because it was like, um I didn't want to wait for people to give me my own show I was like I could just you know set up the cameras and do it myself and um with the help of my friends and my boyfriend it was really a really fun time and I'm so grateful for those memories and I'm grateful that um we did all those things in 2019 because little did we know that you know things would be like they are right now so yeah yeah no I'm sure you had big plans for 2020 like everybody else and you're ready to 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 crush it but um yeah, all this happened. Crush um, it like Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you met him. I, I remember you telling me, and uh, that's really cool. I'm a big fan of him, too. Yeah, you know what the best thing about Gary is? He is just as personable like and, and kind and loving as he represents himself to be online. Like That is exactly what you get when you meet him, that's and great. that was amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, he's got, uh, did you feel like energy coming off of him? Because that guy seems like he's got like all this energy and I don't know, or is that too hippie for you? No, definitely. Um, he's born November 14th. I'm July 14th. So it was like, oh, we like vibe because we're both born on the 14th. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm really I just feel like 2019 was so, so busy for me that, um, and this, this time of 2020 of like being on pause is, I'm not, I'm not too mad at it. You yeah. know, maybe I needed this break. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it forces you to just sit back a little bit and just realize what, uh, what could be taken away from us, what you did. So, you know. But how wonderful is it that we got to experience like the real stand up comedy scene in LA like I'm so grateful that I went out to all those like crazy mics and I would like go to four or five mics a day you know it's like who knows when that's gonna come back but I'm just really grateful that like I was really in it like you know like in the trenches of stand-up comedy and like really going out and going to all these mics and I definitely um miss that a lot yeah you know the people yeah no like I said you were you were a hustler and you're constantly out hitting multiple spots a night 
you know, going to different clubs, going to different spots, you know, whether you're getting up or not, you were doing the work, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's awesome. I was, uh, the same way, you know, and, uh, I miss that too, you know? I miss the dime, the dime. I remember we used to go there and do a lot of shows at yeah, the time. Yeah, Fairfax. And it's crazy because, you know, after, uh, I think George, George Floyd, uh, thing happened, that whole street, man, it got, it got, you know, vandalized and there was a lot of stuff going around across the street from the dime, you know, and on the same side of the dime. It's crazy. It was sad. Um, the one thing I can say about like my stand-up comedy career is it really did give me, I started comedy because I lacked a lot of like, I, I was looking for my purpose, right? And stand-up comedy really like gave me so much confidence and I was really like on stage, I could really be myself. And I feel like the best thing about comedy is it gave me what I was looking for and what I was looking for was, you know, my life partner and the life I have now is all because of doing comedy so as much as I miss it I'm really grateful that I did do the work that I did do to get to build the life that I yeah. have where I can have all these plants and have my animals <laughs> take care of cupcake <laughs> that's cool yeah I was talking to another comedian about that too it's like you know when this whole shutdown happened you know make makes you feel grateful that that you weren't too scared uh, not to try stand up that you actually went through with that dream of yours, you know, and that goal and your goal was to, you know, get continually get better. And, uh, you know, so you were out every night, you know, out in the clubs and out doing spots and doing that. So that's awesome. That's uh, a lot of people can't say that, you know, like they, they hold back and they're too afraid and they never go after their dreams or their goals and then they're stuck with a job that that they don't like can you imagine being stuck with a job that you don't like uh, during this whole quarantine you know and when when you had in the back of your head that you really wanted to do stand up or whatever it is you know and then you never did that yeah that would suck (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm 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 really grateful uh for all the memories. It's just like, it's, it's really hard for me to like imagine how stand up is going to come back. Um, but I'm just chilling right now Nice, and I'm not mad about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I know. That's great. You know, it's a good attitude to have. I mean, you know, so it's, it's good. You, you, you do need to, um, relax and, and you look great. You know, like I said, you look like you lost weight. Okay, I only lost weight because I had my wisdom teeth removed the day before Thanksgiving. And uh, I've been living off of soups, but it's healing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just one side or all No, all four of them. Oh, okay. Removed. It's actually kind of a funny story because I... Um, I went in just for like a consultation and uh, the oral surgeon was there and he's like, well, we could remove them right now. We won't even put you to sleep. We'll just, you know, inject your mouth and you could drive home. And I was like, okay, if I don't do it today, when can you do it? And he's like, I won't be back into the office until December 30th. And, you know, with everything going on with um, the lockdowns, I was like, I should just do it now. Right. Yeah. So I was in. I was awake for the entire procedure. Uh-huh. Um, 
the oral surgeon, like you want someone that's like a little bit kind of like, he kind of gave me those like Dexter vibes, you Uh know, a little bit kind of like crazy. And like, that is the person that I want to remove these things because it's like, you want someone who loves what they do. Right. And so he injects my mouth with the um, numbing stuff. And then when he pulls out the first tooth, my blood like splattered onto his face mask, like the, the shield. Jesus. And he started laughing and I was like, oh, this is great. Like, <laughs> this is perfect. This is the guy who's, who's uh, going to do a good job. And then what was crazy is they took out all four of the teeth. I drove myself home afterwards. Wow, that's amazing. And on the ride home, I was like, you know what? I'm a badass. Like, no one can tell me shit. I just got my wisdom teeth removed, and I wasn't even put under, and I'm driving myself home. Um, they didn't give me any pain medicine. Wow. They just gave me antibiotics. Really? And um, it's healed up pretty nice. Wow. Um, yeah, which That's is crazy because, like, I watched a whole bunch of, like, YouTube about wisdom teeth removal. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you watch YouTube about wisdom teeth removal, it's, like, really crazy. People yeah. talk about, like, you know, horror stories and yeah. uh I just, I got to give props to my oral surgeon. You know, he was uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's So that's why I've lost some weight. But I just think it's because my jawline looks like pretty defined. <laughs> yeah, you look great. No, but like, were, were, was, were they hurting you? Were they pushing into the other teeth? Or he just thought it would be a good idea to get them um, out? Well, so I had braces from 16 to 21, which is so such a long time. Yeah. Um, and I wore my retainer you know, every night. But then like the last three years, I was like, I ain't wearing these no more. So I stopped wearing my retainer. And about like six months ago, I felt like my teeth were shifting. So I was like, I should get my wisdom teeth mm. removed. I, I've had a feeling that they contributed to the shift. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And they had cavities anyway. So what the know, wisdom teeth, my wisdom. Teeth oh, okay. Had cavities. Yeah. Yeah. Do you no. have your wisdom teeth? Yeah, just recently. I was so stubborn, you know, like I was fighting it forever. And then, you know, I seen some stuff on YouTube either or social media saying it was a scam, you know, that mm-hmm. the, you didn't need to get your wisdom teeth out. And then it was just the way of like trying to get more money out of you. And uh, so I, I've had that in the back of my head the whole time. But uh, now I was glad that I got them out because, yeah, they were uh, moving my teeth. Mm-hmm. And I did have braces too, but only for like a year, you know. And uh, but they were like it was too crowded back there. They were like pushing up against like other teeth. Yeah. So yeah, I just think long term, it's probably good. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I was like, I I need to do this. Yeah. Before I get into my thirties, I'm 29. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Did I, I meet you uh, bef- like right after you got your wisdom teeth out? No, I got him. I just got him out. I mean, I'm okay. sorry. Your your braces? Uh, I was. I said I was 21 when I got him out. I was actually 20. Um, yeah, I didn't have braces when you met me. Oh, okay. Yeah, you yeah. met me. I was 24. Oh, okay. Right on. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this coffee's good. Thanks. Oh, you like it? Nice. You know, it's, it's like coffee is like uh, my last little vice. You know what I mean? It's my last little nice upper. Yeah, yeah. Which is exciting. You're totally sober. Well, yeah. Congratulations. I've been, I've been so, uh, well, I quit drinking alcohol June 10th of 2017. Yeah. So I haven't had a drink for, it's forever. Um, and then, you know, uh, I haven't smoked weed in a couple months. So I'm just trying to live that sober lifestyle. It's cool. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's- I feel like I'm more in tune with my emotions mm. and like, um, I just, I like being sober. Yeah. It's good for me. Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, well, it's, it's weed, you know, I, I, I'm still drinking, but not so much. I mean, some people are really hitting the drinking hard right now during oh, quarantine, yeah. you know, so uh, it's a good thing that you quit, you know, because you probably might have, you know, hit it harder right now. I, it's crazy because I feel like my, my like 2020 hardship was like my 2014, mm. like that was my hard year, mm. you know, and yeah. I feel like everything I did in the last four years kind of prepared me to be at um, the most like positive mental state that I could be in so that I could handle everything that's going around, you know, because I feel like the psychological impact of 2020 is really difficult, but I've built up a lot of mental strength in the last few years. So I know this sounds selfish, but it couldn't have happened at a better time for me personally. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was meant to be. It's great. So how about like when quarantine first happened, did uh, did you, uh, what, what did you start doing? Did you eat at all? Did you let yourself go at all? No, I mean, I would just, in the way of uh, buying like a ton of plants, mm-hmm. I kind of went crazy on the plant situation. <sighs> like I'm telling you, I, my, um garden upstairs is really insane like a lot of plants like it's not a normal amount of plants like yeah i would joke around like oh i'm a plant lady but now it's a jungle it's just a whole (laughs) jungle you know i'm home all the time so why not why not yeah right on and uh where where do you do you think you're gonna get the vaccine when it comes out hell no i'm not doing that oh (laughs) Is that bad to say on here? I don't no, know. No, it's not bad to say because, I mean, you're entitled to your opinion and your thoughts. So, um, I mean, why I, would it be bad? I am not going to get it because I, um, I'm just going to wait, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I've been taking really good care of myself uh, and uh, yeah. I just don't want to get it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you... Haven't gotten sick this whole time, and why would you inject yourself with the thing that you've been trying to avoid this whole time, and your body has fought it off, you know? So I I feel like if if other people want to get it, it's like, you know, your body, your choice. Um, I feel like everybody should have their own choice as to whether or not they want to take it. As for me, I just, I've worked really hard on my health as like not drinking, not smoking, not taking any drugs. I don't take anything. I don't take any, um, you know, cause I have spina bifida and scoliosis and, um, I'm not in any pain, which is, you know, incredible. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, um, with my condition, you know, they're in a lot of physical pain and Mm. I've just worked really hard to not have to take anything. I just, I don't want to take and take anything. Yeah. No, I, no, I don't blame you. And I know you used to uh, help out other others with uh, spinal diffida. Spina bifida. Spina bifida. It's spina bifida. Oh, okay. Spina bifida. Because I like I would see on social media, or I don't know if they necessarily had that, but maybe they had another handicap. So you're always like giving back. Well, you know, I think um, I didn't meet uh, other disabled people like, or other people with, uh, my condition until I was 21 years old. So I fought for a really long time, um, against my disability, right? Like I didn't even want to be labeled as disabled in my mind. Disabled was a bad word, which I thought it's just, it's very interesting. Um, 
how much I've evolved and changed in the course of like 10 years. But now the way I see disability is like, I'm, I am proud to be disabled. I'm grateful for my disability in the sense that it's, uh, it's really contributed to a lot of my empathy. Right. And, um, I'm really grateful for the other disabled men and women that I've met who are really incredible. And, um, it's really been a journey to get to this point because, uh, on stage when I first started stand up was where I really first started acknowledging my disability and talking about it publicly. Right. And that really helps me heal a lot because like I said, before comedy, I wouldn't tell anybody that I had spina bifida. I wouldn't talk about my scoliosis. I wouldn't, I just didn't want to, I just rejected that side of me. Right. And now now I'm at the point where I can honestly say, I'm just grateful for my body. I'm grateful. Um, I'm just grateful to for this life experience. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm not angry about it. I've totally accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is way different than what it was like when I was younger. Yeah. Wow. It's progress. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And have you still been helping out other handicapped um friends or people would you go to the hospital or something no um i just i there's been a like a it's just like a bigger movement on social media so i've just connected with a lot um of other people who have disabilities in in that way so i just think that you know being i can help others by uh being more confident with my disability, yeah. right? And not yeah. like hiding it anymore. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just, it's so different than what I, um, who I was when I first started comedy um, compared to who I am now. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I was at the gym over here and uh, I look up and they got TVs everywhere and you're on the TV. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's Lila. Oh, she looks great. I, you were on T, T, TLC. Oh, that's when I, um, for the Little Women LA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, so that was um when I first, uh, my first year of stand-up, um, I got invited to perform for uh, uh, the Little Women on on uh, Little Women LA. And I that's why I thought it was funny when you, you played my first um set my first set because my comedy is so different now it's 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 evolved so much like in fact when I was on the show the ladies were really upset with me for using the m-word for saying midget right and they were really upset with me and um at the time when I was doing that material you know for for me like that's what I that's the material I needed to do because I was still in that process of like understanding my disability and like talking about my disability but um last year I went to Little People of America uh with my best friend Sassy Cassie she's two foot ten and she's the world's smallest stripper she's amazing and she's one of my best friends I love her so much and she's taught me so much but um we went to LPA and it was it's a it was a conference in San Francisco. So there's like two thousand little people from all over the world, and um, it was the first time like I was just with a bunch of other little people, and it was really amazing and life changing for me in the sense that like as I every year of my stand up as I like explore disability more and I meet other disabled disabled people, like my comedy has evolved, right? Like I still love that material, but it's not necessarily like the material I would 
do now. Yeah. You know, but it's like the material like that I needed to do in the sure. beginning where like I'm I was like more focused on my height and more focused on my disability. Whereas like yeah. now that I have gotten to the point where like I'm in complete acceptance of this. It's like of course when I'm on stage I need to acknowledge sure. you know the elephant in the room. Right. But I feel like my material is not as heavily focused on that anymore. Nice. You know? Yeah. So it's kind of cool. And I really would have to um attribute that to uh, my time with the LPA and other little people and my friend Sassy Cassie and just like because it's like I I understand more why um, uh, other little people might have an issue with the M word and you know I just I I think about my um, material different right yeah but that's the beauty of being a comedian is that you know we're constantly trying new things and um. Not that I say, like, I don't identify with that material anymore. It's just, like, it's funny for me to listen to that because it's, like, wow, I was just so, <laughs> it's just, um, it's so different. Like, yeah. my my material now is just a lot more, I feel, like, edgy and more, yeah. like, complex yeah. and not just so, like, you know, like, my first joke, I'm not a midget, I'm Filipino, right. you know? Yeah. And it's, like, that was one of my first bits. And I remember I came up with that at an open mic because um, I was listening to all these other comedians like talk about, um, you know, their ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this and that joke came to me. And because for a long time, like the word midget used to really, really like hurt me, you know, like um, when I was in college, I had guys tell me I can't date you because you're a midget. Like midget was used as an insult. Right. Yeah. So like I felt like I needed to say that on stage to take my power back. And when I was on the show, Little Women LA, and the ladies confronted me and they were upset that I was using that material. um, At the time, I... I'm really glad with how I handled the situation because I told them like it what I wasn't using this material to hurt you. Mm -hmm. I was using it in the sense of I... um, I needed it to like feel empowered because I don't want... I don't want to be affected by these words. And I'm saying these on stage. I'm saying this word on stage because this word used to really, really hurt me. And the fact that I've been able to take the power back from that word by turning into a joke, um, really helped me heal. Right. So now like five years later, I don't think I would necessarily, I have so much other material that I'm like in love with that I wouldn't necessarily I probably wouldn't use that material. Yeah. You know, I probably would still say I'm not a midget, I'm Filipino because I just love that joke <laughs> so much. Um, but as far as like talking about some of the gigs that I used to do and stuff, I've just really evolved from that, you right, know? Huh? Yeah. And then, you know, the gigs I used to do, I used to do like um, uh, when I, before comedy, I used to do a lot of leprechaun gigs yeah. or like, you know, these other things. And um, it's just, I just feel like when you're writing comedy, right? It's like we're taking like, tragedy things that like really hurt us and then you go on stage and you talk about these things and then I can like heal from that yeah right like for one of the jokes that I talk about um in that first set was uh uh one of the first gigs I did in LA before I was a stand-up comedian was I was hired to um work this event for this man's 30th birthday party and when I showed up, he looked me in the face and he was like, this is not the kind of midget I ordered. She's not what I wanted. And I just felt so humiliated. Like, wow, I finally agree to go do this kind of gig. And then I get here and then I'm not even accepted. Like, you know, so I needed to write this material and make a joke out of it because that, that night 
that that incident happened, like I cried, you know, yeah. and I, I remember calling my mom and crying on the phone. To my mom, like I just got kicked out of this event. Like I, you know, and she was like, Oh, don't worry. Someday you'll laugh about it. <laughs> and then I did. And I laughed about it on stage, you know, but I've, I've healed from that. Yeah. So, um, I'm constantly writing and I'm constantly working on new stuff and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm just constantly trying to heal my yeah. trauma and my sure. pain. Yeah, yeah. And there's always new stuff that comes up. So yeah. it's like, I got to write about it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I think most people don't realize that about comedians, that we say that to take the power back and we work it out. And it might be dark and it might be depressing to you, to other people, you know, or whatever. But we are taking it back and doing what we do best. And that's, you know, you know, craft a bit or a joke and talk about it. You know, everyone has dark thoughts and negative thoughts and this and that. But us as comedians, we make it vocal, you know, and mm -hmm. we do, you know, our best to make it as funny as possible. So, you know, I think that's a, a good example of uh, what we do as stand up comedians, because I think that a lot of the public thinks that we are super depressed or that we have a lot of dark thoughts and it's this and that. Everyone has those thoughts. I think well, I will say that like when I started comedy, I was pretty sad. You know, I was, but now I'm not sad. Like I'm sad about the state of the world. But like last year when I was doing comedy, I was really happy. You know, it was like a, a lot of great things were happening in my life. And so I'm not attached to my older material. Like, yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not totally attached to my first year material. Mm -hmm. Um, because like I've said, I've, I've evolved so much and because I've met other disabled people and because I've just you know, um, been introduced to many other people. I just, your comedy is going to change. Yeah. And so I definitely, it was nice to hear that, but it's like, wow, my comedy's changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's probably like uh, looking at an old tattoo that, you know, the laughs are great though i'm like wow that sounded like super profesh it was like that that was a great crowd oh yeah they were loving it, it yeah was so good <laughs> no i mean of course i mean your thoughts that you had when you were you know maybe you know 20 are different than the thoughts that you have now you know what i mean so we all you know change so i mean it's just uh i mean and, yeah. and i will say this too like comedy did so much for me in the sense even like getting sober was because of comedy because I loved comedy so so much that I was like okay if I really want to have the kind of career that I want to have like it's called sacrifice and the sacrifice for me was I had to give up drinking you know I had to give up taking Adderall and doing all sorts of drugs and like um once I got sober I just felt like my um, my stage presence was different because when you're on stage, right? Like you want to connect with the audience. Yeah. When I'm like really sober, like I can really, I can feel the emotions. Yeah. I can, I just like know where to take, to take the joke or right. cause you, but when I was like comedy is like my drug yeah. and that's the best drug for me. So absolutely. Yeah. No, there's a disconnect when you're high or you're drunk and you know, and then you're looking at a crowd and they're on a date and they're like, 
you know, what's up with this lunatic? You know what I mean? There's there's that disconnect that, that's happening, and, you know, some people don't realize that. So, yeah, when you're sober, you tune into that. You know, you're like, oh, no, this guy's not hammered. He's just having a nice time out with his girlfriend, you know. Uh, but when you're when you're drinking and you're high or whatever, you don't you don't tune into that. You're mm -hmm. like you think they they're maybe like high or drunk like you or something. And maybe some are, but that disconnect is still there. Yeah. Um, I the last year in 2019, the. um. I, I would say that the best uh, show that I did, the show that taught me the most was when I got flown out to Nashville with Sylvia Sage. I know Sylvia. Yeah, she's Sylvia, great. I love her. You know, um, she and I performed at uh, a strip club in Nashville and um, she, uh, I opened for her and performing at the strip club uh, when I performed there and did comedy there, I was like, okay, I can do comedy anywhere. It was the most difficult place to perform stand-up it's really really hard because when you're on stage and um you know when it's like everybody's looking at you like why does this girl not have her clothes off like, right what is she talking about um but being there for the weekend and performing there like taught me so so much so you were on the same stage as the strippers mm -hmm. you know and so there was a pole right there mm -hmm. by you there's a pole right there so this is really funny um <laughs> So, uh, me and Sylvia, yeah. I open, I would open, yeah, I want to bring that up because it's like, you remember you're the script, strip yeah. club DJ? Um, I, the first night we did two shows every night and the first night the microphone wasn't working. Mm. So I had to go on stage and I'm like screaming at the audience with no microphone. Oh, that's awful. Uh, it was so awful. So awful. the second night I was like, okay, I got to do something different, right? Like how am I going to prepare people to like, cause no one really like knew what was going on. So, um, before like the hour before me and Sylvia were going to perform, I went around to all the bachelor tables. I introduced myself and I'm like, Hey, I'm Lila and me and Sylvia, we're going to do standup comedy. So be prepared. And I like prepped people to let them know what was about to happen. Right. And, um, uh, I go on stage and I remember I did one of my favorite jokes where I talk about like having spina bifida and how like I'm just like grateful like for God for my ability to walk and all this stuff and I'm like talking about having spina bifida in a strip club yeah. and <laughs> and I'm saying praise God hallelujah like thanking the Lord for stuff and the crowd starts cheering yeah. and they throw money onto the stage <laughs> and I'm like this is incredible like I'm I'm on stage the only like disabled person in the strip club right now talking about my disability and it like I just felt I felt so empowered you know yeah it's kind of crazy wow that's awesome plus you made tips yeah it was good and the thing that's crazy is like when so that was last year and when I was like 23 I dated this guy who was like really horrible to me and he cheated on me and it was just fucking awful. And I remember um, I went to a strip club because like when I found, I, I would just go to, I went to the strip club for the week and I was watching other girls because I was, I was convinced that, you know, he cheated on me because I have spina bifida and something's wrong with my uh -huh. body. And so I'm like at the strip club, like looking at these like naked girls and like feeling like bad about myself. And then you think like five years later, I'm getting paid to perform on stage at a strip club and I'm talking about my spina bifida and I'm like super <laughs> empowered and people are yeah, loving it. So awesome. It's kind of cool how life, you just don't know how things are going to evolve and change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
That's amazing. So did Sylvia do stand up or did yeah. she? Yeah. Oh yes. Or? Okay. This is awesome. So, <laughs> so after I would open for Sylvia, then Sylvia went on stage and she did stand up, and then she would go back on stage and she stripped, and like I was on the side like cheering her on. Yeah. And it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. So she did stand up and she stripped, and it was we had such a fun time. I love Sylvia. Yeah. It was a really really fun weekend with her. Oh, cool. That sounds fun. How many shows did you do? We did four shows. Um, and also we went to see Andrew Schultz, um, perform. He was performing at, uh, what's, I can't remember the name of the, Oh, uh, Zanies. Yeah. He was performing yeah. at Zanies. So one night we went to go see him perform and then we told him that we were performing at the strip club. So then him and his entourage came and like hung out with us. Oh, cool. And so it's just cause he has a Netflix special that's coming out okay. on, uh, the, it's on Netflix. It's coming out in like a week. Um, but I met him and he was super awesome. So that was like the the weekend and that we had in Nashville. Awesome, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so uh, did did uh, how did that work? Was there stripping going on before the show, and then they stopped everything, and then you went up? Mm-hmm. So I literally, yeah, there was there was stripping going on, and then they were like, okay, comedy time, <laughs> and then I would go on stage, do my stand up, yeah. Bring up Sylvia. She would do her stand up. Yeah. And we, there were two different stages. So yeah. and then there was stripping on the other side of the stage. I was just, it was really funny. Yeah. I mean, but I, like I said, it was, it was super hard. It's not easy. Yeah. It's really, oh. really hard. Yeah. And, um, especially with a, without a microphone. Yeah. The first night was it's, awful. But like I said, the second night when I, like, I went around, I kind of yeah. like introduced myself cool. and made it like, before you went people. on. Yeah. yeah. I prepared people and let people yeah. know this is what's about to happen. Yeah. So that's awesome. But it was just like, it was so crazy. I'm like, I'm on stage talking about spina bifida at a strip club and talking about being disabled and like proud of it and like praising God. Yeah. And it it was just, it was such an incredible moment. Like, wow. I, I, uh, I used to be so ashamed of my disability and now here I am at a strip club amongst all these beautiful women. Yeah. Being proud of my disability. Yeah, totally. So. No. And that's probably one of the hardest sets you could ever do because, I mean, people don't go to the strip club to hear jokes, you know? No. So for you, I mean, that's, I mean, there's so much going on in this story, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's extremely difficult. I mean, it's hard to get up in a comedy club and go up there and then try to make these people laugh. But a strip club, man, all props, man. After that, after that gig right there, you could just do anything. Yeah. That's what it really did for me. When on, on the flight home, I just remember thinking like, wow, I could perform anywhere Yeah, at any time. Yeah. Cause I just, I just performed at this place. I, I, I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> yeah. to other comedians. Yeah. I don't recommend yeah. it. Um, yeah. it's a, it, but for a challenge, sure. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. No, it's good. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even attempt to do that. So you know. I'm just, I'm grateful that I was with Sylvia because she made it so fun. And like she, it was her first time like stripping on stage oh, yeah. too, which was really funny. And yeah. she had like a really cool like outfit Yeah, and it was fun. And oh. I was just like, man, like I'm, there's a lot of nakedness going on. I'm just like, yeah. I was like a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. That's so cool. <laughs> You're on the sidelines watching her do her yeah. jokes and then strip that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) oh so have you had any other strange gigs like that Uh, stand up um i would say that was like the strangest uh uh, 
uh, gig that I did. Yeah. Last year. Besides my bar shows. Yeah. (laughs) Your bar shows were fun. I feel like I learned a lot at those bar shows too. Like, you know, like it's, that's why I said it's like, uh, I'm just, I'm so grateful that, um, when I got into comedy, uh, there was a lot of mics that you could go to Mm -hmm. a lot of like mics and some pretty sketchy areas, but those mics make you stronger as a comedian because it's like, it's really easy to perform at a place in front of people who are like ready for comedy. They know it's comedy, but like performing at a bar show or like, uh, right. Yeah. No, or a laundromat or (laughs) a hostel, you know, it's like people are not expecting comedy there. Have you done zoom shows? Oh, I did. I've done one Zoom show. Mm -hmm. And uh, the connection was kind of weird. And I was like, I'm about to cry in my own living room. (laughs) And uh, it got so bad at one point. I like FaceTime my mom while I was on the show. What? Yeah. So like my mom was on the show too. (laughs) And then I was so humiliated that I like just turned off the computer. And I like... During just, your set? Well, after my set. Oh, after I was just set. like, and yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, this is what I think is funny about Zoom. Yeah. Okay. Think about this. I started comedy so that I could proudly talk about I'm four foot six, da da da. Because when I went to college, I have a degree in broadcast productions with a minor political science. I wanted to be a news anchor. Okay. Because behind a news desk, like sitting right here, like yeah. no one would know. How would you guys know how tall I was? You'd think I was like, right. you know, like yeah. a regular, sure. just a regular girl. Yeah. And so I'm like, uh, me 10 years ago would have loved Zoom shows because yeah. I could catfish everybody. Right, right. But it's like, none of my material really works on Zoom. Like, uh, I don't know. I yeah. just. I'm I'm just raising plants, okay? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Not really doing Zoom shows. Right now. <laughs> I do have one Zoom show coming uh-huh. up. Um, uh, I I am gonna do one. I'm gonna attempt again to try uh-huh. to do it. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not. It's not. It's I don't feel like it's the same. I, I I will say props to those comedians who yeah. have successfully been able to do it. I commend yeah. you for um, being able to do it. Yeah. I just. I can't, I don't know. Yeah. I, no, I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way, man. Props if you could go out there. Some people are being really successful yeah. and like really good at it no, and making money doing it. Yep. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, I they're just, making money on <laughs> Zoom shows. Wow. Yeah. God yeah. bless them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm crying in my living room while I'm doing it, and it's yeah. it's really awful for yeah. my self esteem. So I was like, no, I'm not I, gonna I, do it. <laughs> I know. But how'd your mom do? Um, my mom was great. She was like, well, she was also watching <laughs> the Zoom show. Yeah. She was watching the Zoom show. So uh-huh. I'm like calling her in the middle of the Zoom show. And she's like, you're doing great. And I'm like, okay, this is making things worse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, that's great. How's your mom doing? She's doing awesome. Yeah. You know, my mom's my best friend. She's yeah. at Esper Hart on Instagram. Uh-huh. If you guys follow me on Instagram, my mom responds back to everybody. Like yeah. if I get a hundred comments, my mom will write back a hundred. Thank you. No way. Really? Yeah. It's wow, really awesome. So that's great. Um, have you traveled uh, during the pandemic at all? No, just, I'm just, uh, I just stay home. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, don't really see many people, which is mm. crazy because, you know, like, I just feel like um, it's crazy to think that this time last year I could go to the comedy store and I'd hug like 50 people and you wouldn't even think about it, yeah, you know? I know? And now it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm really grateful for um, 
like I said, my my boyfriend yeah. and my cat. And uh, the, I, I'm just grateful that comedy gave me what it really what I was really looking for. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I was I was looking for my life partner. And yeah. comedy gave me, you know, my That's boyfriend. Awesome. And um, is he working right now? Yeah, he's working. Um, so I'm grateful for that, uh, that, you know, he's been able to still work. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And unemployment like everybody else. Not working. No, no. No. People are not working. No. I know it's crazy. Yeah. No. It's okay though. It trying, it's funny how like it's just uh, it's crazy how quickly things have changed. Yeah. And you know, just a year ago we were not yeah. doing what we're doing now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. But that's cool. I feel like my faith has increased. I've been reading the Bible a lot, you know. Nice. I'm working on a one-year Bible reading plan because I'm like, hey, why not? People <laughs> are always talking about the Bible. I'm like, I'm going to read this thing and like, so that I can be like, hey, that's not in the Bible because yeah. I read it. Right. So yeah. that's what I've been doing. I've been reading a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've been writing a lot. Uh, my boyfriend's been pushing me to write my book. That's what he like wants me to do, which I probably should do with all yeah. this time, but... Right on. You know, write about all these uh, experiences at the strip club. Yeah. I think people would like to read that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think they would. I think that would make a, a I mean, what's, what is a great story. But, um, so, did you finish studying that in college? What? Uh, a, like, broadcasting? Yeah, so, yeah, my degree is in broadcast production. Like I said, I, I wanted to be a news anchor, and when I first graduated... I went on all these interviews and like I had a really hard time getting hired because I felt like, like I said, I'm four and a half feet tall. So when I would go into an interview, I was getting judged a lot because of my appearance. Yeah. And it's like, it's been like, how did you get into comedy? It's like, I didn't, I never thought I was going to do comedy. Yeah. It's just like comedy. It's like, I felt like that's what I had to do Yeah. so that people would finally listen to me. And yeah. I, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. So th- before comedy, you, you, um, you didn't do any acting or do any sketches or anything like that. You just no. got right into stand up. I just got right into stand up. Well, okay, so I had an epiphany in the shower, like the day that I started comedy. I went, like I went to go look for an open mic after this, but I was like, oh my god, no one is gonna hire me as like the four foot six love interest on a soap opera. But if I became a comedian, they would have to write parts in for me. You know, like no one is going to. I've just kind of had to live like that my whole life. Like, no one's going to do anything for me. I'm going to have to make my own way. Yeah. And uh, comedy was the thing that, like, opened a lot of doors for me, you know? It really um, allowed me to uh, really explore a lot of these, like, insecurities on stage and then conquer them. Yeah. You know? It's 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 so unbelievable for me to think that I didn't even get a disability placard till I was 24 years old. Wow. Like that's how much I rejected um, my disability. And like now I'm really at the point where I'm just like, I don't even think about my disability in that way. Like it's a part of who I am. I've totally accepted it. And uh, I see it more as a gift yeah. than as a bad thing. Right on. So. Yeah. And it's, you know, it really helps that I have a partner who like really loves me and um, I, it supports you supports me and uh, is 
you know, he's a comedian too. Oh, so okay. like he really understands. Um, it's funny because he's a, he's a very big comedy nerd. So he like uh-huh. knows all the history of comedians. And um, I didn't know, like I didn't know comedy history before I started comedy. I was just like, I'm just going on the mic <laughs> and do it. Like I really was one of those people who um, I'd be out and I'd, I'd love to talk to people. And I remember um, a year before I started stand-up, I was telling my mom, I was like, man, if I just had a job where, like, my job was to talk to people, I would love it because I I would meet people – I would meet people like on airplanes and start a conversation. Actually, I'll tell you this story. You'll love this. Um, On my flight to Nashville – yeah. I met this couple, this like, uh, they're an older couple, like they were 91 and uh-huh. 89 years old. And I met them on my flight yeah. and, uh, on the way to Nashville. And then we exchanged phone numbers. So then yeah. when I did a show in Arizona, uh, me and my friend Abraham actually went and picked up this couple and took them to their first comedy show. <laughs> so it's like, I just, I've wow. always, I've always loved talking to people. So yeah. Um, and I did a lot of traveling, uh, when I was in college, I went on semester at sea. So I went to 10 different countries. I've been to 20 countries, which is crazy to think because it's like everything is shut down. I don't know if I'll be able to travel like that. Um, but I really was one of those people who people would always say like, are you some sort of comedian? Like (laughs) people would say that to me, you know, not my friends, just like random people. And, um, the first time I got on stage, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like I, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And once I found my purpose, I was like, okay, I can begin this, like, it was like the start of the real healing process yeah. of um, accepting my disability, you know? And then yeah. comedy led to sobriety, which is what I really needed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. now here we are. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. See, I mean, comedy does heal, you know, or laughter heals. And uh, that's a result of comedy. So that's awesome. I love hearing success stories like that because, um, you know, every some people never find that, you know, and you found it and that's it. I think I think success looks different for everybody, right? Like um, for, for me, I feel like I've had a successful comedy career in the sense that like it, it has literally gave me everything I was looking for, which was just inner peace, yeah. acceptance of my disability, love. And, um, you know, just now I'm just taking everything day by day because it's like, who knows when comedy will be back the way that it was. But um, I'm exploring different sides of my personality of what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. But I'll always, I'll always love being on stage. And um, that's the beauty. I feel like once you're a stand-up comedian, like, you, once you, when you have it, like, you, you don't lose it, right. you know? And I feel like um, in 10 years, I'll be better than I was uh, when I started. Sure. That's why I really do appreciate you playing that, my first year stand-up material, because it's like, even hearing that, I was like, wow, like, I have not heard that in a long time. And it's just like, wow, I've even in the last like five years I've grown so much. Yeah. So that's the beauty of stand up is like you really do just get better with age and yeah. time. And I can't wait to be like an 80 year old woman <laughs> on stage and yeah. really not giving a fuck uh-huh. and, you know, exploring yeah. even, um, other topics I want to yeah. explore on stand up. But that's And, uh, so you never looked up or admired like other stand up comedians. You just got into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I what I did do is the day before I, well, the day that I started stand up, I was like, I wanted to watch like other little people comedians. Like I watched Brad Williams, a couple of his clips. Cause I just wanted to make sure like I wasn't doing the same material. Yeah. Um, that's what I did do. Uh-huh. Cause I, I just like, I wanted to make sure like I was going to be different. Yeah. And, um, have a fresh perspective. He's yeah. awesome. Oh, cool. So it, it, I just, I'm, I think it's so, I'm just really grateful that I've gotten to meet so many different comedians that, um, I did, uh, admire, you know, yeah. I got to like, meet a lot of people. So that's cool. That's cause, uh, you, you, you know, you'll, like you said, you talk to anybody, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and then sometimes that that person that you might not know that's a, you know he's a big comedian but like it's cool because you're just being yourself and you just maybe started talking to him just because that's who you are and you, you talk to strangers and you're you're such a you know delight to be around and that's cool i just think it's like it's about connection right so i just like connecting with people and um uh because of what's happened with 2020, I think like my por- my priorities with stand up have changed a lot. Um, but um, I'm in 2019. I was like, I was like, oh my god, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But it's like now I look back and I'm like, ah, that was why yeah. I was so busy because it was like God was preparing you for this big rest. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, I know. Jesus, <laughs> so I got this. Uh, little deck of uh, questions here. I'm going to pull one out. Perfect. This one says, what's your most treasured possession? Um, I would say this necklace. This necklace is something that means a lot to me. It was given to me by my friend Evie. And she passed away um, a few years ago. I'm sorry. And uh, we had these matching necklaces together. We went on semester at sea together. So, you know, I went to, we went to 10 countries. And um, um, she passed away from uh, addiction. And uh, I didn't understand addiction at that time. And, like, now to be sober as I am, like, I wear this all the time and I think of her. Oh. And E's are like really big in my life. My mom's name is Esper. Evie is my best friend. My boyfriend's name's Eric. You know, I'm on a pad podcast with Eric. Yeah. <laughs> so. I like you. Which, do you have a middle name? My middle name is Diane. Diane. Lila Diane Hart. Nice. Yeah. I have a website too, lilahart.com. Perfect. I'm plugging it in here. Yeah. <laughs> do it. What do you have on there? Some video clips? Oh, uh, just, you know, my, my whole, all the things that you can find, lilahart.com. And it's funny, I got the domain, like, before I started comedy. I was uh-huh. like, I should buy this domain. Like, yeah. I should get this domain, lilahart.com. And I had it for many years. And then I, this year, I actually, like, really worked on it and put together my website. I'm oh, really that's proud cool. Of you it. did it yourself? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm really proud of it. Yeah. And it's kind of just showcases all the work that I've done. So nice. Yeah. I'm gonna put, pull another question here for you. What's one bad habit you're trying to get rid of? Um I I would say it was uh the smoking the weed for me. Just because okay, like I have three years sober from alcohol and Adderall, which was my drug of choice. And, you know, the longest I went, like, completely sober was six months. 
And it's not like, I don't, uh, I feel like weed's different for everybody, right? Like, but for me, it's not like weed ruins my life, but it like, it puts a haze over things and I'm not able to like clearly connect. And it's like my one last vice that I'm getting rid of. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. And you'll be free. I'll be free. So, <laughs> but I'm just, um, I'm really grateful to, uh, just be, I'm just grateful to be alive and to be in the position that I am and to have the clarity that I do have. And, um, I guess another bad habit too would be like spiraling into negative thinking. You know, I think it's like, I'm really trying to wake up each morning and be grateful because there's so much in my life to be grateful for. And it's really easy to just spiral into that negativity. Um, and get into that black and white thinking, right? So it's just being more conscious of uh, uh, my tendencies to do that at times. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Very inspiring. All right. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Um, my greatest achievement... Uh, I would say is um, probably like the relationship that I've built with my mom, you know, um, and just uh, the fact that I like really understand her more than I, I did before. My mom is from the Philippines and she's one of eight kids and um I got to go see my grandma before my grandma, my grandma passed away this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm just like really grateful that, uh, because of comedy and stuff, I was able to see my grandma and to kind of like experience, um, a lot of family stuff with my mom. So yeah, that, <laughs> that a weird answer. <laughs> no, um, no, no, it's just, I, I just, it's beautiful. And, and also like, um, finding love, you know, I, <laughs> it's so cliche, but. Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I just being where I am right now because I there is a there is a time period in 2017 um, when I was like in the depths of my alcoholism and like my health was really really bad. Um, I there was a journal entry actually that I found yesterday, a couple days ago. I, I read it and it made me cry because it like took me back to that time. But like in 2017. I was at the lowest low that I've ever experienced. And I wrote in this journal that like, I, I thought I was going to die, wow. you know, because of like the amount of drugs I was using and like I was in the ER and I, 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 I thought this was like the end and I'm like writing this all out. And, uh, looking back on that, it's like just the fact that I'm alive here today because I was just the, the, the incredible sadness and loneliness and unworthiness that I was like feeling the fact that I was able to conquer that, um, and get sober. So yeah, sobriety, sobriety yeah. was my greatest achievement actually, yeah. because, um, everything I have in my life today, the relationship with my mom, the relationship with my boyfriend, the, um, my cat yeah. <laughs> is all, these are gifts of the fact that I stopped drinking and I stopped using Adderall so yeah that's great that's yeah because you had the clarity and you probably wouldn't have had that clarity if you were still you know boozing it up oh I'd be dead for sure like I read this journal entry and like um it really took me back to that 
time. And like, it's crazy how you can read something that you wrote years ago and like all these emotions start like flooding. And when I was reading it, I was like crying and it was like, it was like, it was like I was there again, you know? And what's crazy to think is that Lila in 2017 would have never imagined the life I have now, you know? So it's like, it's just important for me to, um, I think that's why it's important to reflect on your past and just like, um, give yourself grace, you know? Yeah. And I'm just, I'm really, really grateful for every day because every day really is a gift, um, from that time that I was at my lowest low. Right on. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great. You gotta live in gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. Be thankful for every day. That's great. When were were your parents most disappointed in you? Oh, this one's a good one. I got a good one for you. (laughs) So um, my parents' 25th wedding anniversary, I got on a flight from San Diego to Seattle, and I popped a couple Adderalls, drank whiskey and Coke. Uh, The flight went from San Diego to, um, why can't I think of the name? Um, Oakland, Oakland. Oakland. So, and I was going to go from Oakland to um, Seattle, And when we landed in Oakland, I got arrested and Uh I spent the night in an Oakland jail Mm -hmm. and I had to call my parents and tell them I would not be at the airport because they were like, where are you? And I spent the night in Oakland jail because uh, how drunk and disorderly I was. So, so they went to the airport to pick you up and I wasn't there because I was in, I was in jail in Oakland, Yeah, but that experience, I became a comedian like three months after that. Oh, okay. So I feel like that was like the catalyst of like me kind of going into comedy. (laughs) And when I started comedy, I was sober for a few months. Yeah. And then, you know, because the comedy lifestyle broke the sobriety and then I didn't get sober till 2017. But like what they say is like, you know, alcoholism can lead to like uh, death institutions or whatever. I had all those things happen to me. Like, yeah. And I didn't talk about getting arrested or like spending the night in jail. And I didn't tell anybody. I mean, my family didn't tell anybody. And the first time I like openly talked about it was on stage when I would make, I had a joke that I would, and I would talk about it. Oh, okay. So, you know how we said that, you know, we turned tragedy into comedy, but that was like the lowest low. And, oh, my parents were just like, (laughs) how... Did this happen? Yeah. 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 But even, even that, like, I'm grateful for that experience. I know it was, it was the shittiest experience of my life, Yeah. but, um, I'm grateful for it, you know? Cause yeah. it's like my, my, my girlfriend, she called me the other day and she was like really upset about stuff that was happening in her life. And she's like, yeah. why is this happening to me? And I was like, shitty things happen Yeah. because when you, uh, when you experience like these really bad hardships, right? Yeah. And you're able to get through that, you can help other people. Like how would I understand addiction and alcoholism and uh, getting sober if I didn't like experience that, right? So like right. when I I just feel like I've 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 played so many different characters in my life. Like I'm really not at a I don't judge anybody. I yeah. truly do not judge anybody. Yeah. You know, because it's like I've been there. I've yeah. done those horrible things. And I'm just really grateful for the life that I have now. And because of my, the fact that I don't judge other people, like I can help other people. Yeah. And so, right. Yeah. My life has not been perfect. I've definitely not been perfect. (laughs) I have fucked up a lot, Yeah, but, uh, 
You know, it's like whether you're, it's like, are you going to be defined by those horrible moments of your life? Or are you going to conquer that and like, right. you know, try to be a better person? It's like, right. if I didn't explore the dark side of my personality, you know, um, how would I know that I want to live in the light? Right. You know, so. Exactly. Well, just like your, your stand up uh, uh, bits, you know, you've evolved, mm -hmm. you know, so. You know, and you'll you'll continue to evolve and become, you know, a different person. You know, so right on. If there was a sandwich named after you, what would it be? Um, or no, I'm sorry. What would be on it? Um, I would have. I'll just tell you my subway order, which would be um, turkey and provolone and pickles. <laughs> now you're making me hungry. And uh, Caesar and salt and pepper. Nice. Really good. What would you name it? Um, the Lilanator. The Lilanator, yeah. Give me the 12 foot that. <laughs> if you could teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? Uh, I would teach a class on empathy. Yeah. I think we need more empathy and understanding in this world and less judgment and... Um, it's super important, you know, to, yeah. um, to listen to others and really try to empathize with their feelings. So. Yeah. Right on. It is. It's not easy, right? No. <laughs> what about this one? This one's, this deck is called What the Heck? <laughs> What set of items could you buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable? That I would buy that would make the cashier uncomfortable? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a weird one. Uh, I'm trying to think for me what would make the cashier uh, uncomfortable that I'd buy. <laughs> I don't think there's anything. I mean, if if the cashier's uncomfortable, I'm ringing up some stuff. Or, uh, I don't take any of those crazy prescription drugs. Yeah, I I just feel like uh, nothing's really that shocking anymore. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, and especially us, since we are <laughs> comics and we've done open mics, there's nothing that we haven't seen or heard. <laughs> right. Yeah. This one says, "Have you ever had a weird Uber experience?" No. I mean, yes, but no. You don't want to get into it? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I had one. No. Actually, I I had a, this is a good one. Um, I remember one time I got into the Uber and I was really annoyed. I was like not having a good day. My Uber driver was like trying to talk to me. And I was just like, gosh. Just like, don't talk to me. I'm like so annoyed, you know? I was kind of giving him attitude. He's talking and, and I was like, okay, I'll give into the conversation. And then he tells me this story about how his son had passed away. Like only um, earlier that year um, in Dubai, he was walking down the staircase and he just tripped and hit his head and he died. And wow. this Uber driver tells me that. And like, we ended up having like a really great conversation about life and, you know, um, being appreciative of every day. And I yeah. remember like 
like crying when I got out of that Uber because it was like, wow, I came into this Uber with like prejudgments against this man. And I was like, oh, I'm just so annoyed. He's trying to talk to me. And then like, you just don't know what, what other people are going through. So yeah, I'll never forget that Uber. And it taught me a lot, like just to, um, be kind to people, you know, cause yeah. I like, I gave him attitude and uh, he still was like nice to me. And uh, then I finally gave in and was nice back. And he told, he shared this story uh, with me and it just kind of reminded me to like take every day and, and be grateful, you know, yeah. cause you just really don't know wow. what could it's, happen. Isn't that crazy? Like I was just crazy. kind of, yeah. Because like you're, you're trying to shut him up, right? You're trying to like give him attitude. So he just shuts up. Right. And you're like, and then the, <laughs> and and the world is just like no here maybe you might want to hear this and then you you got something from it mm-hmm. and a whole nother perspective and it's 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 amazing yeah you never know what kind of day another person is having i'm, I'm very uh i'm very aware of that too you know yeah because one lady uh she side swipe side swipe me right mm-hmm. and uh I was super pissed. My car was probably like a month old, maybe not even that. Uh, and it happened over there on, uh, I think Highland in Hollywood. And I got out of the car and I'm like, pull over, you know, because she kind of looked like she didn't know what to do. Right. And I'm like, Oh man, if this lady's trying to hit me and run, man, I'm going to be pissed, you know? So I'm like, you know, pull over, pull over, you know, I'm telling her through the car. And then she pulls into this little strip mall and she's just like, she just looks like she's in another place, you know? And I do smell alcohol and I'm like, this fuck. And, uh, and so I start calling, uh, the cops on her, right? I'm like this lady, you know, she's driving drunk and just sideswipe me and this and that. And so I call the cops and they're like, okay, we're on our way. And then she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you there. And it's just it's like, my, my dad died. I'm just coming from, you know, uh, the wake and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, my whole uh, perspective just changed right there, you know. And then I could uh, put myself in her shoes. I was like, man, if I found out my dad died like that, I, I, I don't know if I would be able to drive. And it would just be it's so crazy. And. Like, there wasn't anything, you know, big that happened in my car. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, just get in your car, get out of here. The cop's going to come, you know, so just just leave. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, like, but it, like, my whole attitude and my whole perspective changed from when she hit me and I was a different person to when, you know, I talked to her. So you never know what kind of day somebody's having. So this is probably uh, going to come out um, next year. Do you have any predictions for next year? Um, like I said, I've just been reading my Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and I am just um, just trying to take things one day at a time and uh, just be as grateful as I can for what I do have and not try to live in fear. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of fear that's being uh, pushed onto people and I feel like fear can make you sick. So yeah. I'm just trying to eat as healthy as possible, get some sunshine on my roof. I'm really, really grateful for my rooftop because I'm able to get that vitamin D and that fresh yeah. air with all the plants. Yeah. And, um, be kind to myself and uh, try not to stress. 
because I think that the stress is a uh, thing that can be really, really scary. So absolutely, yeah, and it yeah. ages you. Who wants to look older than they really are? You know? right? Yeah. <laughs> No, well, you look great, Lila, and thank you so much for coming by. And uh, like I said, I, I've known you for years, and I've seen you grow, and I've seen you evolve, uh, not only your comedy, uh, but uh, you as a person. It's so beautiful to see that. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, and you're I, ageless. You never, oh, you never change. Thank you. you. Like, you look great, Eric. Thank you always will. Thank <laughs> you so much. I think this... Uh, you know, going after your goals and dreams, I think that has a big part of it because, mm -hmm. uh, right, it keeps us young because when you're going after what you love to do, you know what I mean? It's it's uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, uh, Lila, it's uh, Lila um, Hart. Dot com. com. Yep. Lila Hart dot com. L-I-L-A-H-A-R-T. So go check her out. Check out her YouTube. Follow her on social media. And, uh, yeah, so thank you for listening to the Poop Dollar Podcast. <laughs> and thank you, Lila. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs>